You're listening to What's Wrong With This Picture? Freaky Films and Why We Frickin' Love Them. Hi, I'm Lindsay McCullough. And I'm Gary Mulholland. And in each episode of What's Wrong With This Picture, we'll be looking at a movie we think is weird and wonderful. We sometimes do include the endings where it's key to what the film is, so please be prepared for that. So anyway, buckle up and join us on a journey to dangerous cities, suburbia and other fantasy worlds. It's going to be a wild ride. So for this episode of What's Wrong With This Picture, we're looking at Under The Skin, a 2013 movie um, directed by Jonathan Glazer and written by Walter Campbell and Jonathan Glazer, uh, adapted from the novel by Michelle Faber. Um, It stars Scarlett Johansson as the female, Jerry McWilliams as the bad man, Adam Pearson as the deformed man and Dave Acton as the logger amongst many, many people who have never acted before and probably never will again, but we'll get to that. Um, It was in development for over 10 years, uh, pared down uh, by Glazer from a a huge sort of big-budget special effects sci-fi movie to a very small, sparse and extraordinary thing. Um, The plot is thus. A woman um, dies... And her body is taken over by an alien um, who is brought uh, to them by a motorbike. Um, And this person, who is played by Scarlett Johansson, ends up driving around Scotland in a white van, picking up men and taking them to a series of locations where they meet an inky doom. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Inky doom. (laughs) But um, things do not go initially as planned. Lindsay. Yeah. Why is this a weird movie? I think partly because Scarlett Johansson is the star. And, uh, you know, I know we're going to talk a bit more about her and her star power a bit later on. But she's in this kind of relatively low-key, I know you'll tell me about the budget of it, but it it, it looks kind of a low-key kind of film. And she's this massive star with the juxtaposition that uh, a lot of it's filmed, as you say, in in Scotland, in Glasgow and in various parts of West Lothian and in the countryside around there. And just... This is Scarlett Johansson. This is Black Widow. This is somebody from the Avengers films, and she's mm. she's acting like a a normal person in 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 Glasgow. So for me, that's that's part of the weirdness that she's in it at all. I would say there's not much dialogue in mm. the film, and in fact, nope. I think it's thirteen or fourteen minutes in before anyone says anything, yep. and nobody says that much after that, and certainly not um, Scarlett Johansson's character, who is called the female, did you say, yes. in, the, in the credits? Yeah. So that's the other thing about this film, is that no one has names, so forgive us listeners if we uh, occasionally kind of steer, steer you wrong, but um, she plays the female. Um, I think one of the things that, to just pick up about Scarlett Johansson at this point is just how much her performance and her casting is the central thing that is weird. Yeah. Because you've got to take into account. The way this film was made um, is quite unique um, in that once they decided where they were going to sort of base this movie and once they decided who the female star was going to be, they decided that what they were going to do was put her in a white van, 
put hidden cameras in the white van and allow her to drive around these locations, stop, park, talk to a man, always a man, and ask directions and buy-the-buy questions and et cetera, et cetera, and let this man's natural reaction to the fact that, first of all, he's talking to this really hot woman, and then secondly, but is that Scarlett Johansson? And yeah. the, the, uh, they react exactly as you would if, you know, I don't know, you know, you live in, in I live in Worthing in England. If, if, if I don't know, Dr. Dre suddenly parked yeah. and pulled in yeah. next to me and said, ask me for directions to Brighton. I would be looking at him for quite some time going, it can't possibly be Dr. Dre because it's Worthing. Well, this is it. So these, these guys initially don't know they're being filmed and it's so it's they're not actors they're people on the street they are stopping as you say to 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 talk to this woman who stopped to talk to them and i i think that's i think that's immensely clever and i would say that you know I know last week we were in a cafe and I thought I saw Robert Redford and you said that can't possibly be <laughs> Robert Redford. But maybe... Maybe it was. Maybe you we're know, all just in a movie directed by Jonathan Glazer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i tell you what, next time I'm in Poundland and I see Barbara Streisand, I'm just <laughs> going to go ahead and assume that it is her because you don't know who you're talking to. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Ask her, ask her what the hell she was doing with The Star is Born. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'm going to ask her where she got those plastic blue uh, egg timers that she's got in her basket. Um, yeah, so... the the, part of the weirdness of this film is is that, for the most part, people don't don't know they're being filmed. There are some characters who are cast, um, particularly, as you say, the character who's called the deformed man. And apologies for using that term. That's that is how he's listed in the credits. Absolutely. Uh, he is. He was at that time. Uh, that was his first acting role. Although he'd he'd had production jobs before. That was his first acting role, and he's called um, Adam Pearson. And he has he lives with a condition called neurofibro. Matosis. I just want to say at this point that I left that to Lindsay because I thought she <laughs> might get it right, and she kind of, I think she did well. I've got it. I've got it written down. But um, so, and, and what this means uh, for him is that his appearance is uh, his his face is has kind of tumours on it. Um, so they 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 lend his face a kind of misshapen quality. And uh, Adam Pearson is a quite you know an outspoken outspoken kind of disabled. A disability activist, so right. uh, okay. you know this is this is a key part, and I, I believe that Jonathan Glazer didn't want to use prosthetics for this part. It's nope. such a key role in the film Absolutely. that he got in touch with an organisation called Changing Faces, mm-hmm. which works with uh, people who have kind of facial uh, impairments, and recruited Adam Pearson, cast Adam Pearson through that through that process. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that I think is weird yeah. um, is, um, and quite beautifully so, is the special effect. Um, around leading these guys to their death, which yeah. I just think is one of the most stunning visual effects in any movie ever. I have no idea whether it's an expensive effect, but essentially what happens is they walk through a door into blackness, Scarlett Johansson in front, um, the guy behind, and they're walking across pitch black and inky black, black like they're walking through space except there's no stars. And they keep walking. And as Scarlett Johansson is walking, she is starting to take clothes off to encourage them to follow her. And eventually, she's still walking on this apparent flat surface and they start to sink into, um, I don't know what you'd call it, quicksand, sort of 
inky black yeah. quicksand. Yeah, it, it, it does look liquidy, doesn't it? It looks yeah. like a, a liquidy with a kind of membrane on the top, and she's walking on the membrane, but, yeah, but these guys are sinking pot. sinking into the into the, the blackness of this of this liquid, and uh, we find out it, it's. It's relatively mysterious in the film. I think the film has a mystery, which makes it slightly weird. Yeah. But apparently it's quite explicit in the book that she is harvesting them for meat for her home planet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as I say, that is that is not particularly mentioned in the film, although you can kind of gather that she's there for some, for some purpose like that. Yeah, definitely. So Jonathan Glazer really does approach this um, like, uh, you know, in, in terms of... I. I like my audience. I'm going to give them credit. I'm not going to answer every question yeah. for them. I'm not going to give them backstory. I'm not going to give them an explanation of what kind of alien and where yeah. they come from and what planet they come yeah. from and why they're here. I'm not going to explain to them they're harvesting them for me. I'm not going to do any of yeah. that stuff yeah. because I think this is about something else. And we'll get to maybe what the, yeah. the something else is later. Um Another extraordinary thing about these scenes, which I only really noticed this time watching it, is... For two, we we see two men led into this abyss in that particular way. It isn't like a constant thing that goes through the whole film, but both men, um, and you have to remember these are non-actors who were basically filmed talking to Scarlett Johansson, and then what they did is the, the director came to them afterwards and said, "Okay, you've just been filmed for a movie. Firstly, would you like to be in it? Secondly, this is what your character has to do if you do want to be mm. in it." And you know, basically. There's obviously a couple of guys that went, yeah, all right, I'm yeah, up for it. Yeah. So they've got to strip completely naked and they both have erections as they're walking. Really? Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, that in itself is... St I know we now have a thing where, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean a film is banned if there's an erect penis in it, um, thankfully. But nevertheless, they've got a, they, they're men that have got to sustain an erection while they're doing some weird thing in front of a green screen somewhere, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, and kind of happily walk into whatever the hell, I don't know, it must be a staircase or something. Yeah. I don't know how they do this yeah, effect readers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's absolutely brilliant. It's a mesmerising effect. Yeah. Well, hats, hats off to my Scottish brethren for uh, maintaining their integrity and <laughs> upward mobility under very difficult circumstances, no doubt. I guess I guess one thing I, I really like about oh, another weird thing we need to mention I think is the the motorcyclist who yes. is a real life motorcycle champion because the film opens with this motorcyclist in long shot kind of going around a very going very fast around a winding mm. Scottish road uh, up a mountain around a mountain something like that and because they wanted that speed and it does look quite otherworldly it looks yeah. like it looks like although you can see it's a vehicle on the road it does look like those films you see of UFOs where they're going at speeds that. Mm. We can't mm. match, yeah, and it's it's kind of like that. So I think um, he he went from motor motorcycle champion called Jeremy McWilliams, McWilliams, um, just just for that kind of skill level. Yes, and, and with the, this motorcyclist appears to be a kind of helper to the to the female to to Scarlett mm. Johansson's character. Falls around, kind of tidies up after her if there are things that are are left undone or you know things that are left in her wake. He seems to tidy them up, uh, but of course. You know, one cannot help but be reminded of cocktails or fee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could, but, you know, carry on. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if you've seen that, and I, and I say that deliberately to, to take the mic out of myself, but 
if you have seen uh, Cockroach yes. Orphe, there are these two characters, I think there are two on, on motorbikes, who are kind of literally... Yeah, of course. Literally, Hell's Angels. They are, they are yeah, deaths, death's kind of helpers on these motorbikes, and they are very silent characters, and the same is true of the motorcyclist in... Note to self, I have been... Yeah, I've got to re-watch Orphe. God, yeah, what a great... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great reference. So I mean, he he has no no lines of dialogue. Well, hardly anybody has any lines of dialogue in this. Yeah. But yeah. but but he races around on his motorbike, kind of tidying up after her. Later on in the film, he he's he's perhaps a more sinister presence than he mm. appears appears at the start. But I just I just think he's he's as much of a character as she is in it. I think is, yeah. is really interesting. Despite the fact that yeah, she, he has almost no screen time. But it, the, the you know who what is he? Who is he? Why is he making things happen? Yeah. Um, and, and this is not something you get an answer in the movie. It yeah. is left to you. Yeah. Um, another uh, beautiful weirdness, I think, is that M- Glazer mixes and matches lots of different types of camera stock, lots of different kinds of film stock. So oh, the film, right. Okay, I didn't notice that. Yeah, so, these, so the cameras in the, in the white van, Yeah. Um, they are a very specific thing which allows... You know, the two people to have a conversation without knowing where the cameras are. Right. Because okay. they're so small. Right. Um, and which captures, you know, the same lighting from different angles. Yeah. So they look like one thing they're, and they look quite like surveillance cameras because they are. Right. Um, then you'll have, you know, beautifully composed shots that you might imagine. Then you have um, a subtly different film stuff for these amazing motorcycle kind of things. Uh, then you've got the scenes, you know, with with the houses and the, the, the abyss, the black abyss, the cameras, the, the film stock's slightly different again. It, and yet it all melds together beautifully. So it jars you from scene to scene, yet somehow fits together. It's, it's genius at work. Yeah. I, I don't know... Yeah, how he and the editors pulled that off. Yeah. Really, I guess what I like about the scenes in the van, and I, I, I read this online, so this isn't an original thought. But when I read it, I thought, God, yeah, that's that's great. So in the film, what's happening is that the the alien, the, the female, is is a predator and is is getting these guys into the van under the guise of you've pulled, uh, or can I give you a lift up the mm. road up to the supermarket or wherever. So, on the film level. That's what's happening. She's the predator. Mm. In the real life level, you've got Scarlett Johansson, no doubt, being regaled by all these droogie guys with their best chat up lines. Yeah, and she's just kind of having to sit through that and react. And I, I, I understand yeah. that she had a she had an earpiece. Jonathan Glazer had an, uh, was connected to her via an earpiece and was kind of feeding her lines. So she's she's given them the, the lines in these kind of plummy accents, mm. and. I, I wonder, because I I had difficulty myself as a Scottish person, I'm not from Glasgow, and sometimes, for me, the accent and the, the, the dialect and the words used, are, are they're strange and yeah. sometimes yeah. not very understandable. Presumably, she had no idea a lot what of the, the time they were talking what about, these yeah. guys were saying to her. So to me, it's, it's an interesting mix between what you see in the film and what's really happening is she's getting the wit and wisdom from all these, Absolutely. From all these Glaswegians. Scarlett Johansson, yeah, I don't know if there's bit, any more weird we can talk about. I think we need to get further into the plot, but I did want to, before we get further into plot, I want to ask you, Lindsay, do you think this is Scarlett Johansson's greatest ever screen performance? Screen, I think, is an interesting word because I actually think her greatest performance perhaps is in her. Where right. made the same year yeah. actually. Oh, well, and, she's just and a voice. She's a disembodied voice. She plays a, an operating system that, that Joaquin Phoenix falls in love with. So I I personally think that's her greatest performance. This one, I think she's got an absolute real presence in it. I was kind of wondering when I was doing some research on her, I mean, 
is she is she a great actress? I think she's a really interesting person, and I think she's made some really interesting film mm. choices. And Under mm. the Skin and her are, are certainly are certainly two of them. Especially you know if we look at the the time, both made in twenty thirteen. Now in twenty twelve, she was Black Widow in the Avengers. Mm. One you know at yeah, that point yeah. the 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 biggest film ever made, and I'm sure the the the, the later Avengers have, have taken that over. But she's in this massive massive yeah film absolutely. and. And at the same time, she decides to make these really? relatively yeah. small, very unusual Art films, films. Yeah. that 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 are a world away from her 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 star persona. Yeah, yeah. I, I I kind of I think for me, there's four roles that stand out, and you've reminded me of one of, of one of them. Um, I'd forgotten about her, and that's a great shout. Um, but the the three other roles where she absolutely sparkles are under the skin. Um, uh, Ghost World yeah. and Lost in Translation. Oh yeah, of course, she's great in Lost in Translation. And I think it's interesting you say, is she a great actress? Because with all of those four, I think, okay, is she great in those because they're four fantastic screenplays made by four fantastic directors? Or has she made those films really good? Would they be as good if four other actresses had done those roles? And I don't think that's an easy question to ask. I think it is with Ghost World. I think anybody could have played her part because she was knocked off the screen by Thora Birch. By Thora Birch, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But let's not say she did, she, did a bad, she did a bad job and it was her first... I mean, she'd been a child actress, but yeah. she, that was her first kind of big thing. But then obviously she's massive and lost in translation and I think she's... Both her and Bill Murray are quite kind of transcendent in that, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, there were lots of other actresses considered for Under the Skin, like Gemma Arterton. I don't know if you know yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. British, British actress. Mm. I, I, I really, I hesitate to see other people pulling it off the way the way she did, and I, I think she's I'm... amazing in that, and she's amazing in, in her. Um, what else was I going to say? Yeah, I've seen her, I've seen her in some terrible films, which she has not been able to make better. Right, I would okay. say. Like what? She's in one called The Island with uh, your favourite, Ewan McGregor. Lindsay <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. is being ironic. <laughs> <laughs> um, where they are, it's some kind of like future world where they're kind of given a number and they've got to escape from the island. And they're, I don't know. I mean, I watched it to the end. It's like, wow. I don't know what that was about. Okay. Um, and another one called Lucy, where she's like some uh, enhanced human. That's pretty poor. Right, And okay. one I saw recently. You know me, I'll sit through any kind yeah, of yeah. film on ITV4 or whatever. <laughs> this one was called Rough Night, and it's kind of a hen night. So she's, I think she's the bride in it. So there's oh. this hen night that goes wrong and somebody ends up getting uh, getting murdered. And it's kind of a black comedy, and it's like, well, that ain't no comedy. And to be honest, I'm not sure she has great comedy chops. Although sometimes in right. the ventures, I would uh, or Black Black Widow films, she can bring a certain Rhinous. kind of wryness. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not yeah. sure she has great comedy chops. I would say. Okay, I think I think yeah, uh, I go along with everything you say. I do. I'm gonna, you know, say Under the Skin is her best ever performance because even though there's a lot there, there's nothing there. Yeah, um, and she is the only. There's a couple of uh, people who've acted. Uh, you're absolutely correct, but but no really experienced big, no. you know, actors. She's carrying a thing that is could quite easily have just looked like self indulgent, yeah, non- yeah. self indulgent nonsense, and her presence is extraordinary yeah. in that. For, uh, like you really understand what a star is. Yeah, 
She, it's a bit yeah. like when, it's a bit like when they cast Bowie in Man Who Fell to Earth, which is a film that is not dissimilar in you know, oh, it's an alien they fall yeah, to earth, yeah. you know, it all goes horribly wrong. Um, <laughs> they, so you're telling me it's about a man who falls to earth? Yeah, <laughs> it's a, don't know where you get the clue about that, but probably in the title. Um, yeah. So and but the input, it, well, the important thing was it it there was a casting of someone who did not look like us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and except, you know, David Bowie, you know, as an actor, amazing singer-songwriter. Yeah. Um, Scarlett <laughs> Johansson. Scarlett Johansson, you know, she knocks this out of the park. Yeah. Do you know she's also a singer? But I don't know if she's, no, as a singer, she's a really great and interesting <laughs> actress. <laughs> I don't know. But she has she has made albums and things like that. Okay. But um, I was going to say something. But yeah, so mm. she's she's nude in this. And this is the first yes. time she's kind of fully nude. And she is, she is fully nude. Mm. Um, and I read something online about her saying... You understand, for somebody in her position, you understand when you're doing a nude scene, it's going to end up as a meme yeah. or it's, you know, it's going to end oh up as God. somebody's screenshot. So you've got to take the risk of that, which I think is a really considered point, actually. Yeah. And you've got to say, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth that for me in my position as someone who's constantly kind of objectified and looked at? Is it worth for mm. me being nude in this and she decides that, that she is and I think it works really well because there is a kind of you know at the start she's being formed into this mm. into this form so of course of course she's naked and, and she does the, the, the choice to, to do that and I would say as well fully nude in this film she is much less sexualized than she is in yeah. Leathers yeah, uh, when she's, in when Black she's, Widow when she's Black yeah, Widow you're right because whether it's Joss Whedon or anybody else who's made those films the concentration on her butt in in those in those um, in those leather outfits is is yeah. I think to me far more objectifying than her nude in this film. Oh, you're suggesting that there's anything wrong with jo- Joss Whedon's male gaze. Uh, <laughs> next question, please. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we uh, have a bit more plot? Okay. <laughs> so, um, I'll try and keep it short. Basically, um, the alien um, starts to struggle more and more with the fact that she is starting to feel more and more empathy uh, for her victims. There is a particularly horrible uh, murder that she does, which is not the straightforward one, where she is on a beach um, oh, yeah. and she meets um, a guy who is sort of diving out there and he says he's from the Czech Republic. And um, as she's doing her pickup lines, he notices uh, a family um, where the woman has got caught out in the surf and the man is trying to save her and he rushes off to try and save them. They have a baby. The baby is sitting on the beach. Um, the the man, the, the Czech Republic guy that she's been um, chatting up, fails to save the couple. Um, the couple drown. He manages to get back to the beach and the reward he gets is smashed over the head by a rock uh, by uh, the female, uh, played by Scarlett Johansson. And the baby is just left to cry on the beach alone. Um, it, it's it's quite brutal and shocking and amazingly well shot again. Yeah. Um, and um, But things change when she, uh, in her white van, she picks up a man who um, is credited, as we said, as the deformed man and starts to talk to him in exactly the same way she talks to the the relatively, you know, kind of good-looking young men um, from uh, earlier in the movie. And 
encourages him to touch her and etc and then gets him back to the same situation but this time um she lets him go um the, he he runs from the house naked um he uh, the motorcycle uh, man uh, the bad man um gets wind of this and chases after him um, and takes him away. Uh, but meanwhile, she also makes a bolt for it somewhere. Um, she um, meets um, a guy who, um, on a bus, another extraordinary scene, um, really, where this is just an amazing shot. Yeah. She's walking down a hill towards a bus yeah. stop and then back up a hill towards a bus stop. And I was just sitting there thinking, why am I mesmerised by yeah. this? It's a woman walking down a hill and up a hill. I, I, I don't understand. But anyway, um, cut a long story short, um, this guy takes her home. And they start to make love. Um, but when he starts to make love to her, um, she suddenly stops him and starts to inspect her genitals. And then there's a quick cut. We don't know what she's really making of her genitals in that situation. Um the next we see she's cut and run again to um, a wood, a forest, and she meets um, a guy who, who sort of, as she's walking into this forest, she's trying to get a, keep away from the motorcycle guy, by the way. Um, she meets this guy who is a logger, who says he is a, a logger and he's very friendly to her and whatever and says, yeah, you'll get some nice peace and quiet in here, love, kind of thing. Uh, he's a Cockney, not a Scot. I, I wondered if that was relevant. Mm -hmm. um, and... After a while, she is walking through this wood and he suddenly comes from behind her and uh, tries to, you know, and, and basically uh, attempts rape. As he is clawing at her, he pulls away what turns out to be her outer skin, um, the human skin. And, under, and suddenly there is flapping skin and a black, jet black body underneath. Um, she runs away and sheds her skin. But the logger has come back and what he's done... Um, he went to his van, he got a can of petrol, and he sets her on fire. Um, the last thing we see is the motorcycle man, um, the bad man, uh, looking out over a cliff, and that's the last thing we see. Um, it's all very disturbing. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to take you back to that scene where mm. she's inspecting her genitals, because mm. I, I, I left feeling confused, and I, I looked online, and there's, there's a difference of opinion. Mm. So... She's kissed this guy, and this is obviously like her her first kiss. She, you know, she 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 looks inexperienced. They're they're on on the bed. Presumably, he you know penetration is about to occur, and then she kind of stops suddenly, as you say, goes and gets a lamp to try and see mm. what's between her yeah. legs. Now, is she shocked that she has a vagina, mm. or is she shocked that she doesn't have a vagina? Yeah, <laughs> great question. Who knows? Because mm. yeah, we should just make it clear at this point. The, the camera, it's her back to the yeah, camera yeah. while she inspects her genitals. Yeah. We are not seeing her yeah, genitals. So, yeah, yeah. so a great, uh, yeah, it's another mystery. Another mystery, as mysteries are all the way through this film. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I guess my view is she's, she's seeing she does. And I, I think for me, thematically, this is, this second half of the film is about her as a, as a, as a woman. And, and therefore... I suspect thematically it must be surely that she does have a vagina and she's shocked by this. Mm. Is I guess is how I'm is how I'm reading it. Do you think, Lindsay, it's a feminist film? Well, if you'd move your notes off my notes, maybe. I could <laughs> typical, a typical patriarchal move, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
I don't know. Again, I, I read this online and some people are like, this is a feminist masterpiece. I wouldn't go that far. I'm not sure it's 100% a feminist movie If should should such an animal exist. Mm. I think there are interesting things in there for me, though. There's, there's something about the man in the white van and she did actually learn to drive the van and she was driving the crew <laughs> around. She was driving the crew Brilliant. around in the back of the van. Scotty Hads is so cool. I know. Those are, those are really, I think, very, very uh, cool decisions. So there's that, there's that kind of predator in a van kind of thing yeah. that she is that she is turning on her on her head. The film starts with an eye as as her body is being formed and I think there's a lot there about looking, her looking, her her gaze, the gaze on her. Mm. Um so it, it's the way she's able to kind of attract these guys to to get the mm. meat. Yeah. To get the meat and and you know that we see quite clearly in one of the scenes in the the abyss yes how that meat is manufactured mm, generated yes, yeah, whatever you call yeah, it yeah. yep um the, the reason that she's able to kind of get the meat to come into to her van is is through her kind of sexual presence and mm. presumably the alien race or whatever have have identified that this is a way that 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 men will will, will follow women so she is a a sexual being and that's how she's seen and that's her power at the start and that's her misfortune at the end mm, right and so I think there's certainly there's certainly a feminist message there, but I guess for me I'd be interested in your 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 thoughts as well. But it comes for me it comes down to what what does it mean under the skin? What does that mean? Mm. So on the surface it means oh, it has, for me it has several different meanings. It's under this under her human skin she is an alien. Yeah. It's under her alien skin she has compassion. But she, yep. she she learns later on. Uh, these guys go into this black membrane and they are killed under the, the skin, skin of, of this, this black membrane. black membrane. Yep. But I think for me, why it does have a feminist reading in the end is it's saying that all women under the skin have a power only so long as kind of male sexual violence allows mm. them to have it. It's, it's so for mm. me, it's it's a, it's a kind of sisterhood under the skin. Whether you're a woman, whether you just look like a woman. Under the skin, you, you potentially there's this vulnerability. Not always, of course, but but it's saying we're the same under the skin. Everyone of us, women, has this kind of vulnerability yeah, yeah. to to male sexual violence. Okay, I, I, it's interesting because you know, uh, obviously, Lindsay sent me you know some some, some notes uh, about this a few days before we did it, and and one of her questions uh, for us to discuss is. Is it a feminist movie? So, therefore, I've been kind of thinking about it over the last few days and trying to work out what I think. And I think I feel slightly the opposite. Uh, but I, I feel it, it, ha it has a huge compassion for women who are constantly affected by male sexual violence. And I think that there is a very obvious thing there about the burning of the alien, i.e., you know, the witch, the witch has been burned. Um, oh yeah, which, which didn't get that. Which has a sort of feminine, you, you know. Yeah. But I'm not great with the idea that um, as soon as she becomes compassionate and caring and empathetic and all those things, she therefore immediately yeah. becomes a victim. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I think um, feminism is an empowering thing about fighting back. Um, I therefore I'm slightly disturbed by the idea that as soon as this feminine creature becomes um, 
shows typical feminine characteristics. Um, I care for other people. Yeah. I, I have empathy for other people, etc., etc. I'm sexualized, etc. Um, she just gets killed, um, and and I. I just not I think it has feminist things to say but I don't think it's a feminist movie yeah I, I, I think I think in some ways I'll go along with that I would say you know it doesn't it can have a feminist message even though that that, that message ends ends badly, ends badly yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, I think I think in the end I, I agree with you it does have, does have kind of wider more feminist things to say but just because a woman is a is a predator or a female is a, is a predator does that necessarily kind of uh, reflect a feminist position and I think you're right maybe not yeah. there's one thing I'd really like to talk about which yeah. you, you haven't mentioned in your in your plotting which is she's in her van yep. she's driving around it's late at night yep. she stops to talk to a guy you, we can't hear what he's saying but she, she kind of winds down the window or whatever you do these days I don't drive yeah. but um, holds down the window and he immediately kind of grabs it and then other guys appear and they start yes, running yes. all over the van and yeah, they're kind yeah, of shaking yeah, the yeah, van yeah, yeah. and you know she calmly shuts the window and she puts the, the, the van in gear and drives off now I'm, I'm thinking to myself surely that wasn't surely that was staged because if that if this has just happened in real life and these guys don't know they're being filmed yeah how scary would that have been for Scarlett Johansson yeah um, but also, you know, obviously they would have had to agree to be on the film. So I, I, I suspect it must yeah, have been staged because yeah, yeah, because who point. wants to who wants to to look like that? But I I did I did see a quote online, and I'm just going to read you this quote because yeah. I thought this was really interesting about that about that scene. Okay. So it's by someone called Kirsten Johnson, who was writing for Bitch magazine, which I haven't read, but I do like the sound of. <laughs> uh, so she said to me, "For she says, for this, for me, this scene was real feminist sci-fi, where she kind of drives and gets away, mm. an escapist vision of the world where women can simply shift gears and drive away from violence and assault, unscathed and unfazed." Yeah, nice. And if if the world were thus, yeah, um, yeah no, I, it is a powerful scene. You're right, it is a powerful scene and really worth flagging up because it comes as a complete shock. You, you've been, I, one of the great things about the film is that it lulls you into false sense of security mm -hmm. in the sense because what, even though it's an insecure security, that you think it's just going to have this film about this woman female alien who's just going to kill guys by walking them into houses and leading them to the abyss yeah because the special effect is so special you think well they're going to use it all the way through yeah. right this is the movie yeah it happens like yeah. twice yeah twice uh, you know it, it's and then it keeps abruptly changing gear yeah while staying on theme and and not it's jarring but never brings you never makes you think i you know that there's they don't know what they're doing yeah you know and it, they know exactly what they're doing and I, I i just think the more I, it's one of those things the more i talk about it the more amazing i think it is yeah i i um there was something i did want to mention and now i'm going to look uh, for my notes um because yes i wanted to mention um just quickly the music by mika levy um there's some really it's it's a very minimal what sounds like an electronic soundtrack, but it has this recurring motif when bad things happen, which sounds essentially like synthetic strings being played backwards, which is so haunting. Yeah. It's just brilliant. And it, it's, it is like one of those things where, you know, you just, 
you just need the first couple of notes and you go, oh, my God, what's going to happen now? Yeah. And, and he really pulls that off, the composer. And I just wanted to mention the nightclub scene because oh, yeah. I think this is perhaps the most amazing kind of example of what a brilliant filmmaking thing they pulled off here. Again, they did not want a thing where they set up a nightclub on a set and then got yeah. a load of extras to to behave like people do yeah. at nightclub yeah. scenes in movies. They went to a nightclub. They did an arrangement where they had cameras in there and nobody knew they were being filmed. And they told Scarlett Johansson to walk into the nightclub and recorded people's reactions. Just that double take. Is that who I... What? Is that can't be? You, you know, these beautifully natural reactions. It's just I didn't. That's so funny because I don't. I don't remember seeing any any double takes. And it, you know, there's a there's a scene earlier than that where she's in a, a Glasgow shopping mall and she's just walking around. And she's got a. Mm. a you, we're filming. The film is kind of from behind her, so could focus on her butt, but does not focus no. on her butt. No. <clears throat> Joss Whedon. Next question, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but but. but for me, I mean, she, she does have quite a well-known gait because you see so much of her in the Avengers movies. Mm. You you see her her form very very kind of clearly. Yeah. Um. But she's walking through this uh, Glasgow mall, and I don't see anybody giving her a double take. No. And is I it, was is baffled it, by that. I was baffled. And maybe there was lots of people who gave her double takes, and that didn't make it into the final cut. But you know, but but these people do not know they're being filmed. And I think is it is it just that thing of oh that's a that's a bonnie lassie, but. It, because That's amazing. you would not expect, expect to her to be in your local shopping centre wearing, wearing like this horrible fake fur coat and yeah. this horrible the, the horrible clothes that she wears that she's and also of, there's a jet black yeah. hair which yeah. is not Scarlett Johansson's yeah. you know general hair her hair looks amazing yeah. by the way she looks brilliant with, yeah. with <laughs> jet black hair and, and blood red lipstick she looks yeah. amazing but not necessarily what you'd expect yeah. to see on Scarlett Johansson so yeah I'll just specify I say double takes no there's not like double takes as in mm-hmm. comedy double takes but just the there's reaction no comedy spit takes as they're all yeah, like yeah. spitting out there no there. no but there's just those natural reactions of a person where you know sometimes at the periphery of the screen you know it, it this is not a thing where hey we're going to put the camera on people you know who are going to do a yeah. big exaggerated reaction or something how do they know where the reaction is going to come yeah, from so yeah. sometimes at the edge of the screen you can just see someone sort of look over and be like and and that mixture of Oh my God, she's way hotter than everybody else in here. And do I recognise that? And yeah. it's and it's in second, you know, yeah. milliseconds. Yeah. That kind of reaction, and it's just so clever. Yeah, it's absolutely. just so clever. Absolutely. One thing I really must point out, I think, is um, Adam Pearson, who plays the uh, in quotes deformed man. The scenes between them, I find electric. Yeah, just Amazing. absolutely electric. Amazing. And he, the, the actor uh, Adam Pearson, had quite a lot of input apparently into the dialogue that would happen between them mm. because at, at one point um he, he she's looking at his his face he's embarrassed about his face he's he's ashamed of his face he's ashamed of, of who he is i think and she says to him oh you have beautiful hands mm. and she she picks up his his hands and and this apparently was something his mum used to say to him you have beautiful hands so th- this was his contribution so clever but the the scene between them I I I really do find it quite electric so yeah. she takes his hands as you say and 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 touches her face so this is for him the first kind of female touch mm. but also for her it's the first human touch right yes of course so that 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 goes that goes both ways yeah and apparently they really got on well on scene and uh, on screen sorry. 
off screen. Off screen. Yeah. On set. Yeah. They really they really got on well and they had this competition as to who who could tell the most off colour joke. And he won. <laughs> but th- neither one of them will say what these jokes were. Wow. Um, but so he's he's in a scene and he's, he's saying that, uh, you know, whenever he meets, his parents are very, very proud of this. And he didn't mm. really tell them yeah. he was in the movie um, wow. until until it came out. His parents are very, very proud. So they'll meet their fr- friends of theirs and they'll be like, oh, yeah, my daughter Alison's just got into Cambridge University. And they'll be like, well, our son's in a film with Scarlett yeah, Johansson. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and, that, and that kind of beats it, beats it hands down. But I think for a first time actor, his performance is incredibly kind of meaningful and uh, powerful actually mm, a really, yeah, really powerful powerful presence and um, while we're on the subject of Adam Pearson our good friends at Audio Egg who record What's Wrong With This Picture also record Who Am I This Time uh, David Morrissey's podcast where he talks to other actors and one of his episodes features a long interview with Adam Pearson and that's really worth a listen so check that out just a little bit about Jonathan Glazer because I guess... Oh, yeah, of course. Well, I just wanted to sort of point out, because he's only made three feature films uh, in 13 years um, since his, you know, very, very successful, and I actually adore it, um, debut Sexy Beast, um, I kind of thought, oh, well, the fact that this film cost $13 million uh, to make and uh, raised a grand total of eight. Um, meant that he had been banished from filmmaking world. You know that mm. we all know that that you know that those who fund films are not very forgiving for people who lose money. Um, it, it, this is not the case. He has uh, a film uh, due to come out next year, um, which is uh, based on Martin Amis's novel The Zone of Interest, uh, which is set in Auschwitz, um, and it's actually being shot on in Auschwitz, um, and it's a Holocaust drama. Uh, Jonathan Glazer is uh, from a Jewish background. Um, we and last night we thought, okay, well, you know, we don't have a big filmography to to, to trace yeah. with Jonathan <laughs> Glazer, so let's watch the one film that we haven't seen, and we watched Birth. And what a good movie that is! Yeah, as well. yeah, that's what. So that's from two thousand and four, and it's uh, Nicole Kidman at a time when her face could be mobile and <laughs> express express emotion. <laughs> Expressing quite a lot of emotion, actually. Yeah, she's and great. It's, yeah, the, 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 brief, the brief story of that, I won't go into that in too much detail. We'll maybe do that another time. Maybe. But um, the, the brief story is that her husband dies and 10 years later, a 10-year-old boy comes to her and says, I am your husband. I'm the reincarnation of your husband. And meanwhile, she's due to marry somebody unpleasant. So what's going to happen as a result of that? And it's a really interesting film, actually. Yeah, really and Nicole is. Kidman, I think, is spectacular. And the little boy whose name, I didn't look up, I'm sorry, I don't know what his name was, Incredible. Yeah, Incredible absolutely. Presence. And I think what it's worth pointing out that I saw what I was just gazing through some some little notices about birth and somebody said somebody called it um ghost if it was directed by Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. <laughs> and which is actually not a bad uh, description for that film, but also is it's taking ten years between uh, Under the Skin and his upcoming movie. I think he's in in a Kubrickian yeah. uh, kind of <laughs> time frame. Time frame, you know. <laughs> uh, he's like Kubrick and Terence Malick. Yeah. He's going to make the film he wants to make. If that takes him ten years to do it, then it's going to take him ten years to do it. And you know, I, I, I just, I've come out of this little sort of Jonathan Glazer period uh, with just so much admiration yeah. for him. Um, I, I think he's a really singular talent. Yeah, and. Um, and I think yeah. I think Under the Skin is a is a great representation of that. Absolutely.
So, uh, as 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 you know, Carrie, on uh, <laughs> what's wrong with this picture, we like to allocate a very specific rating system to the films that we watch. Indeed we do. And we like to look at the quality of the film, how good is it overall, and also the weirdness of it. So tonight we are going to be judging Under the Skin on out of 10 white vans. Yes, absolutely. Of, so for a score out of 10 white vans, how would you rate Under the Skin? For quality, I'm going to go with Eight white vans, and for weirdness, I, I'm very loath to give anything 10 out of 10 for anything because I'm just not that kind of guy, but it's 10 out of 10 for weirdness. 10 out of 10 white vans. Okay, I'm going to go for eight white vans for quality and nine white vans for weirdness. There must be something weirder out there. Yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, that's a very creditable score for, for Under the Skin. And if you haven't seen it, can I recommend you see it in a Glasgow multiplex? You never know who you'll be sitting next to. Speak to you next time. Bye. What's Wrong With This Picture is brought to you by Lindsay McCulloch and Gary Mulholland and is recorded by Russ Keffert at Audio Egg. Music composed and performed by Russ Kevin.